You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello all, Eric Rivenis with the Most Notorious Podcast here. Each week I interview an author or historian about a historical true crime, tragedy, or disaster. Subject matter ranges from gunslingers to Gilded Age murder to gangsters to fires to pirates to wild prison breaks. My guests bring their incredible knowledge directly to you. Please subscribe to Most Notorious on your favorite podcast app. Cheers and have a safe tomorrow. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. On November 29, 1970, a man and his two daughters set out for a hike to the East Dalen Valley in southern Norway. Though known for its frozen beauty, this so-called Death Valley was also known as the site of multiple macabre tragedies, including the deaths of several hikers who had gotten lost in the fog and plunged to their death some years earlier. But even with the valley's grim reputation surely swirling in the backs of their minds, the man and his daughters could never have predicted what they were about to find on their outing that fateful November afternoon. There, on the ground in front of them, was the body of a woman. But this was no hiker who had succumbed to exhaustion or the elements. This was no victim of the cold. Just the opposite, in fact. Her corpse was horribly, inexplicably burned beyond recognition, her features all but scorched off, her shriveled arms curled up near her chest. All around her, the woman's belongings were carefully arranged in a formation that would soon strike investigators as ceremonial or ritualistic. From there, the story of the so-called Isdal woman only grew stranger, and the more investigators dug into the case, the more puzzles they found. To their shock and frustration, police discovered that the tags had been cut off all of the Isdal woman's clothing, and that bottles found near her body had had their labels rubbed off. Even the discovery of her suitcases at a nearby train station led nowhere, as someone had removed all identifying marks from her belongings, including the prescription sticker from a jar of eczema cream. Police then learned that she had several passports, went by several different names, and habitually changed rooms whenever she checked into hotels in the weeks leading up to her death. So who was the Isdal woman, and how and why did she die? Though the truth about her carefully concealed identity and morbidly captivating death continues to elude investigators more than 50 years later, a number of chilling theories have emerged throughout the decades, theories that have only made this case even more haunting. You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, where we explore the uncharted corners of the natural world and the world past. I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Kalina Fraga. And I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Austin Hardy. Today, we'll be digging into the baffling mystery of the Eastal Woman. (laughs) 
One late autumn afternoon in 1970, three people set out for a hike that would change their lives and the lives of countless investigators forever. A father and his two daughters, anonymous to this day, set out to explore the East Dalland Valley just outside of Bergen, Norway. But as they walked through the valley, the eldest daughter, just 12, turned into a clearing and came upon a horrific sight, a corpse that would come to be known as the Easdal woman. The woman, lying on her back, was burned to the point where, upon first glance, she hardly even looked human. Lacking any way to call for help, the family hiked out of the valley and notified the police, who soon descended on the scene. Right off the bat, police lawyer Carl Halvor Oz, who accompanied the first wave of investigators, was struck by the strangely remote location of the corpse, saying, quote, I remember we were walking and sometimes climbing up the scree slope. As we hurry along, I'm wondering where we are heading for, because it all seems so steep and impassable. This is no hiking trail, that's for sure." Unquote. But as the investigators drew closer, there was no mistaking what lay ahead. A strong smell of burnt flesh lingered in the air, and the police soon came across the woman's charred body, just as the hikers had described it. They found that her front side was burned, but not her back, as if she'd thrown herself away from a fire. Her arms were curled up near her chest, in a position commonly seen in burn victims and sometimes referred to as the boxer or fencer's position. Oz recalled, quote, It is not a pretty sight. The question is whether someone has set fire to her or if there are other causes, unquote. As police examined the scene, the answer to that question seemed unclear. Around the woman's body, investigators found a broken umbrella and some liquor bottles with the labels scraped off, as well as a destroyed plastic cover that might have once contained a passport. They found rubber boots and nylon stockings, both of which were missing their labels, as well as a watch and some other jewelry carefully laid by the woman's corpse. The placement of the items around the body struck some of the investigators as ritualistic, but they couldn't explain any of it. A few days later, their hopes were raised when suitcases appearing to belong to the woman were found at the Bergen train station, but these hopes were quickly dashed. Indeed, the suitcases, though they were hers, only deepened the mystery. They contained clothes with the labels removed, several wigs, currency from different countries, and a tub of eczema cream with the prescription sticker peeled off, obscuring the name of both its user and the doctor who prescribed it. Most shocking of all, the police also found what appeared to be a coded message. So the police had the body and plenty of clues, but this was a case where the evidence only made the mystery harder to solve. As time went on, the investigation would turn up few answers, but many, many more questions. The Box of Oddities is a Webby award-winning podcast that explores a world that's strange, bizarre, and sometimes hilarious. 
Married couple Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth bring their irreverent brand of humor and unique chemistry to unusual topics that range from medical oddities to abandoned funeral homes to unexplained paranormal phenomena. With nearly 30 million downloads since its launch in 2018, the Box of Oddities has become a rapidly growing community of people who share an interest in the stranger side of life. In each episode, Kat and Jethro bring an independently picked true topic to surprise each other with. Often bizarre, shocking, or just plain weird, these topics are certainly always interesting. As late-night host Jimmy Kimmel said, Should you be the type who has interest in weird stuff, this is a fun thing to allow in your head. Go listen to The Box of Oddities wherever you get your podcasts. There was one useful piece of evidence in the Eastal Woman's suitcases. A plastic bag from Oscar Rotved's footwear store in the Norwegian city of Stavanger. With little other information to go on, investigators inquired at the store as to whether anyone had seen the woman, and luckily, it seems someone had. The owner of the store's son, Rolf Roltvedt, said that he remembered selling a pair of boots to a very well-dressed, nice-looking woman with dark hair. He also noted that she took a long time choosing her boots, boots which police believed matched the pair discovered at the scene of the Isidal woman's death. It wasn't much. But this new information meant that investigators were at least on the right trail. They knew she had been in the area, and were able to trace her to a nearby hotel, where they encountered another hurdle. The Eastal woman had checked in under a false name, Fenella Lorch. Police then learned that the woman had been staying at a number of hotels across Norway before she died. Each time, she employed a different alias. Sometimes she was Genevieve Lancer, others she was Claudia Tielt, Claudia Nielsen, Alexia Zarn-Marche, Vera Jarl, or Elizabeth Lienhaufer. Then there was the coded message that had been found among her belongings. When police finally cracked the code, they determined that the message indicated which hotel the woman had been staying at at different points in time, as well as which name she used. But of course, each new thread they followed only led to more unanswerable questions. Little by little, this case was becoming a tangled web from which they could not escape. For instance, one hotel waitress named Alvhild Rangnes remembered seeing a woman matching the police description, but her recollection only made things murkier. She described that her first impression of the woman was one of elegance and self-assuredness, and said that on one occasion, the woman winked at her as if she felt Rangnes had been staring a bit too much at her. Another time, Rangnes recalled seeing the woman sitting next to two German Navy personnel, one of whom was an officer. The woman didn't interact with them at all, but her proximity to them and her mysterious aura clearly left an impression. All of this in combination, the aliases, the coded messages, the disguises, the lack of identifying belongings and her frequent movements, led to one of the most popular theories about the woman, that she was a spy. After all, some clues suggested that her movements aligned with the top-secret trials of the Norwegian Penguin missile, an infrared homing anti-ship missile that can be fired from a helicopter. But despite this wealth of clues, they all seemed to lead nowhere. Sure, investigators knew roughly where the woman had been and when, but they still had no idea why she was in Norway, who she was, or even how exactly she died. The autopsy hardly helped. It revealed a bruise on her neck indicating that she might have taken a serious fall or blow, but that was just one possibility. It was also discovered that she had smoke particles in her lungs, meaning that she was still alive when she was doused in petrol and set ablaze. To complicate matters further, the coroner found somewhere around 50 to 70 sleeping pills in the woman's stomach, though not all of them had been absorbed into her bloodstream at the time of her death. In the end, the autopsy concluded that she died of a combination of carbon monoxide poisoning and overdosing on sleeping pills, and with no evidence of foul play, the death was officially classified as a suicide. 
But not everyone believed this theory, and so even though the case was closed in 1971, the mystery lingered and prompted a second investigation 46 years later. In 2016, journalists from the NRK, or the Norwegian Broadcasting Corporation, began working with Norwegian police to reinvestigate the case of the Istol woman, largely in hopes that modern forensic technology and DNA analysis could help solve this complex puzzle. Norwegian police were able to create a full DNA profile of the Istol woman and determine that she was of European descent, which means there is a chance they could find a match in other police records somewhere else in Europe. However, they still have yet to find one. Meanwhile, numerous theories surfaced online about who the Istal woman was, the most prominent of which is the spy theory. Another theory suggests that she may have been a prostitute, using coded messages and pseudonyms to report to her employer and hide her illicit activities. The wigs, then, could have been used to appeal to different clients' interests, and several eyewitness accounts reported men visiting her rooms. This theory doesn't do much, however, to explain who would have killed her or why her body wound up deep in the forest in such strange circumstances. Other theories range from suggesting that the Eastal woman had been suffering from mental illness to suggesting that she was the victim of a serial killer, or even that she was an art thief or a forger involved with the Italian mafia. In the end, though, no one really knows who the Eastal woman was, let alone much of anything else about her disturbing demise. Who killed her? Why was she in Norway? Why does she go to such extremes to hide her identity? We still don't have the answers to these questions, which is precisely why this case has captivated so many people for more than half a century. Hey y'all, spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Yeah, it's a really, really an odd one. One of those like, what happened? Like the fact that no one knows is astounding. Yeah, it's so bizarre. I I had never heard of it until having to update the post on the site and then talking about it here. And Mm -hmm. it's so interesting. And the more I looked into it, the more I was like, I genuinely don't know. I have like I and I read, you know, obviously we're going to talk about some theories and stuff. Then I thought maybe in the past you know, since the internet's been around like 20, 30 years, I was like, maybe some people have like thrown out some like really crazy theories. I was kind of mm-hmm. hoping 
I don't, I'm not that I would have thought it was true, but I th- I was like, why didn't no one, no one out here is saying alien? I'm thinking <laughs> we should maybe say alien. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, why not? I don't see any reason not to. I even, maybe I'll just start conspiracy theories about this online. There we just go. For someone fun. needs to. Yeah. Someone needs to, because I really, no one has. And I'm like, but why? but why? Of all the things we do come up with dumb conspiracy theories for, why is this not one of them? But yeah. maybe it'll be my thing. Maybe that's what I'll I mean. Do. I don't hate the alien theory only because like I was reading before we started talking just now about like the DNA because they ha- they got DNA from her body and they ran tests on it and everything and it, it led nowhere. They're right. like, oh, she's European. And I was like, that's all you found out? There's <laughs> nothing really, else? It's really we, not a lot. We do articles all the time with these like cold cases and stuff where they find one strand of hair and they're able to like construct a tree or whatever and like pinpoint Right. Whoever like committed the crimes, but they're like she's European. They don't know if she's Russian. Or... Right. They don't know what kind of European. No, it's crazy. I thought that was really really like, odd. Yeah, and like other cold cases, I was just while doing yoga listening to a mini biography or uh, mm-hmm. documentary. That's what I'm looking for about the Summerton Man, which was another mm. one of those similar cases. Yeah. And they did, like you said find hair eventually that allowed him to be identified and they kind of think they might have a name now but still leaves a lot of unanswered questions but it's crazy that in this instance it's just nothing yeah you would think not even i mean i can understand sort of not having a name because i know it takes very like delicate piecing together like genealogical pieces but even not knowing like where she's from because based on my understanding it's like based on people's teeth you can kind of tell what they ate and that can give you clues about the kind of environment they grew up in and everything and it's Seems like from what I can tell, and maybe there's more stuff out there, but that has not happened yet in this case. Right. No, even from the initial autopsy, they were like, okay, well, there's 50 to 70 sleeping pills in her stomach. Mm. It's like, was there anything else in there? Like, what did she have for lunch that day that you're in Norway? So it's probably something from Norway. But still, like literally any other sort of indication would be so helpful. (laughs) Yeah. Well, since you brought up the sleeping pills, do you think that's an indication that this was like some kind of really strange suicide? If it's a suicide, I want to know so much more about Mm -hmm. it now Mm -hmm. because honestly i'm more interested i will clarify i don't think it was a suicide because it's insane yeah to kill yourself that brutally but you know the more popular theory if she was a spy Mm -hmm. this kind of strange death and the lack of any identifying stuff makes sense because that's the point of being a spy is like you can't identify someone i have mixed thoughts about that because on the one hand i'm like if this is a spy killed by another spy wouldn't they have done it in a more subtle way? Right. And the other hand, I guess there could be some sort of like message being sent if we're going down that path. But it just seems so blatant. Like you're bringing attention to this. Yeah. Except it was in the middle of the woods. Yeah. So it's still a public place. Right. I yeah. I don't know. But then uh, on the other hand, if it was a suicide, why go to such? I mean, they even said the layout of the items around her body was almost ritualistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I'm like, was it a suicide? Another one I haven't really seen, but we should be talking about satanic cult. Oh, <laughs> doesn't have to be satanic, but it could be a cult of some kind. Not to reignite satanic panic, but... (laughs) It kind of reminded me in a weird way of um, 
Marilyn Monroe's death because she her autopsy was like she took like fistfuls of like pills they found or somehow was given fistfuls of pills, depending on what you think happened to her. But it just seemed like a lot. It's like an obscene amount of sleeping pills. I mean, I think Marilyn Monroe probably did commit suicide, but yeah, I mean, that makes sense for her. I guess if you're like, you know, if you're committed, you want to make sure you're not waking back up. Yeah. But then the fire thing is the weird part because it's such an unnecessary embellish unless it was like some sort of accident or she fell into the fire or yeah but they also said that she was probably doused in gasoline oh really yeah because they they picked up bits of smoke in her lungs which implied that she was alive while she was on fire oh wow so like there was the possibility that she went out made a fire took a bunch of sleeping pills fell forward into it i guess she still could have been alive but asleep yeah so your body reacting kind of to a yeah but it's more but then there's like the layout of all the things around her body why would Mm -hmm. i wouldn't care enough to like lay out all of my things nicely yeah i don't know because i haven't really thought thought about it too much yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i think the weird the weird thing is that and this is actually a similarity with the summerton man as well is that her labels the labels on her clothes were cut off Mm -hmm. and that the jar of eczema cream like was missing its prescription sticker right that's weird that's like what is she doing is is she a spy because he it seems like based on the summerton man was identified tentatively it kind of seems like yeah the name they put to it was charles webb it was something in the navy i think the british navy but he wasn't a spy or at least it hasn't been revealed that he's a spy or anything no i mean that's a prominent theory with him too and it was another weird situation where he had left a suitcase somewhere Mm -hmm. and then they found stuff in it that had been yeah like you said all of the identifying tags and things were ripped off Mm-hmm. The only thing that I I didn't know about this ahead of time in his um, fob pocket, like in that hidden pocket inside his coat was a piece of paper mm-hmm. torn away with uh, what would it say? Tamam shoed from it, which yeah. was Persian for it's finished. And then they found the one specific copy of the book. It was from this 12th century book of poetry. But it was just in some random person's car, so they don't know how it got there yeah, either. that's very odd. And the word itself means something like the end or it's finished, right? So yeah, I think it's it's finished or it's ended or... An eerie thing to find on a dead body on a beach, so... Yeah. Well, do you think that the Isdao woman then was a spy or what do you think is her deal? I mean, I think it makes sense because it was the height of the Cold War. Mm -hmm. American and Norwegian officials were testing a new missile that her movement kind of lined up with. Obviously, it was a really tense time. So if she had certain information and and someone caught on, she was also seen not talking to but sitting near German Navy officials. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of evidence to support that theory. I, I think it is the one that makes the most sense. I also think it's the most glamorous one, which is why mm-hmm. a lot of people have latched onto it. Yeah. The, the one that I don't think has any credence is the theory that she was a prostitute. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I could kind of see that myself. Just she's being so shady about I think it's like too shady for a prostitute, yeah. though. If she was like a really like high end uh, sex worker who like was catering to a certain class of people, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It just see I don't know. That just seems like a lot of unnecessary precautions. Like to take your name off of an eczema label. Yeah. The wigs, I make sure. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I and then why would someone have her killed? Not that prostitutes don't get killed. Obviously, that is a huge problem in the sex working industry, but 
again, in such a bizarre middle of nowhere way, unless it was a really sadistic client. I Yeah, I mean, who knows? It's very weird. I mean, the Cold War did have a lot of like weird stuff going on, like weird spy stuff. I was just I was trying to think of like Cold War spy things before this and one thing that came to mind have you heard of operation acoustic kitty i have i have oh i don't think it's in my office i think it might be upstairs um a whole book oh the title is something like oh it's called nuke the moon and then the subtitle is like government you know government projects that actually existed that you wouldn't think exist but more concise and tidily yeah well I'll, i'll just say in case people don't know but it's it was this idea that the the U.S. had that they could utilize cats to spy on the Soviets. And they spent like millions of dollars trying to make this happen. And when they tested it, the cat like immediately disobeyed their commands and like ran into traffic and, and died, which is really sad. But there was another one they dug from like a pre- oh. a, from a nondescript house under the KGB or uh, under a Russian embassy in the U.S. Mm. And they were intending to tunnel underneath it and spy on them. And I forget why that didn't work out. Probably because it was a bad idea. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think the U.S. and the British tried to tunnel under the Berlin Wall. But there was a double agent who was telling the Soviets everything. Ah. So nothing. At one point, the Soviets, I think, like took over the tunnel or something. Yeah, that sounds right. But there are all sorts of shenanigans during the Cold War. So I guess it's not outside the realm of possibility that she could have been somehow caught up in all of this. Right. Yeah. I I mean, if you're testing a new missile, if she's the one person reporting information back. But again, I like I I think the theory maybe only works if she were a Russian spy Mm -hmm. because it was an American funded project or or possible in coalition so i mean yeah she could have been a russian spy what i read was that people thought the theory was that she was like a russian spy or an israeli spy and the dna said she was european so right suggested maybe more russian yeah yeah they said she spoke english but that doesn't really anyone can learn english yeah especially if you're a spy or a sex worker you'd probably know how to speak english also true yeah but yeah i i think spy is probably the most sensible theory Hmm. i mm, i put suicide pretty low still i think it's just like way too i just don't think i there's just i i don't know enough about you know i no one does about her life to suggest like she didn't have any mental health medications that would imply that she was like suffering from depression or in a headspace where she would have been like paranoid schizophrenia or anything like that she just had some sleeping pills and eczema cream yeah so she had eczema. She had eczema, but that's as much as we know. Yeah. Yeah. Which means I don't she, know, I guess. she talked to doctors. So I don't know mm-hmm. how like I don't know how we have that little information even with DNA. I guess, you know, we don't know like, where she's from. Like she could be from somewhere like I don't know, somewhere in the Soviet bloc that's just more cut off or Right. I, I don't know. There's I guess too the many s- holes. Yeah, the Russians are probably the only people still who wouldn't want to talk about Cold War spying that they did. Yeah, they probably wouldn't be super open, especially like right now with like any information they have. Like anyone else in Europe would probably be like, oh, yeah, no, that was who that was. I don't think there would be anything majorly consequential. I I, I I don't know. Could be wrong. As the Cold War is not like that long ago. And there might be people still who are like, we're not revealing our methods and secrets and i don't know yeah i found like one really long article it's really more of a blog post than an article that discussed like 13 theories and then i scrolled down there were like 22 but a lot of them were oh my gosh like just kind of 
finding other random people who kind of looked like the sketch of the Isdal woman and saying, oh, well, it could have been her. Could have been this person. I was like, what? Hmm. I mean, sure, it could have been any white woman in her 40s with brown hair. Right. You know what's kind of crazy? She lived in a time where it was possible to just sort of vanish. I think that's getting, it's, it's obviously still happens to people, but it's getting harder and harder. Just but there's cameras everywhere. You, you know, use your phone to pay for stuff or your card or whatever. Right. Like you're leaving a, tr- a trail at like all times now. Yeah, I have an Apple watch that tracks my location every minute of the day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my sister and I have that set up for each other so we can see where we are, but yeah it's nice but it's also like raises a really interesting point where it's like you can't go off grid really without a lot of work being put into it It used to be you could just leave your small town and be (laughs) never come back and people i don't know what happened to them yeah right go change your name somewhere i mean she did or someone did to her like what it took to disappear in that era go into the middle of like the woods and small town norway right but yeah very strange This is the kind of true crime that I can get into because it's so mysterious. Mm -hmm. I don't go in for like serial killer true crime because I'm just like, oh, that's sad and macabre. Mm -hmm. But this kind of stuff, it's like it's just there's just something so fascinating about it. And the less that you know, or even the more, you know, yeah, like every layer of it, it's like, yeah, it just peels back. You're like, okay, cool. Well, then they found this thing and uh, that actually made it worse. It's actually worse now that we have all of these like, right. All those clues, clothing items. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a mystery. And I guess true crime that's like about murder kidnappings or anything, or I guess there's like missing persons, true crime that has some of these same like elements about what happened and all these clues and everything. But here it's so like, like you said, there's so many pieces and yet you can't put the puzzle together. Yeah, I do think one thing that really stood out to me is mm-hmm. that all of her clothes, all of her medications, everything she had was like label removed, whited out or any way of identifying except for that shoe store bag, mm. which she was so careful to hide anything that could have been identified. It's so weird that that mm-hmm. one bag yeah. would have a location. That's a good point. So it either means that she she like didn't have the time to get rid of the bag or she slipped up somehow. Yeah, that one little Dun-da-da. mistake. Not yeah. that it mattered much, but like still. I do kind of wonder if like 50 years ago and longer, if people like cut the labels off their clothes, like if that was like a normal thing to do just because the Summerton man and she both did this. It makes me wonder if like that was just like a thing people did sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. The Summerton man thing is super weird, too, because his shoes were like spotless despite the fact Mm. that he was on the beach almost like he got dumped there right it's an open historical mystery and maybe someday like dna will get better and they'll be able to find out more about her i'm just i'm very dubious that all they found out was that she's european like there must be something else they they have her teeth you can find so much information if you find like an ancient person's teeth you can learn so much about them so i'm like there must be something else we can find out right i don't know or yeah you know if we go with the spy theory they know (laughs) everything they need to know but they keep they're not allowed to say it that that gets a little conspiratorial so well that's fine we're all about that sometimes yeah i'll go Um, fold a tinfoil hat real quick and then (laughs) we can (laughs) sit down and really get into it now so the government can't hear what i'm saying Thank you.
thanks for listening to this strange deep dive into the mystery of the Isdal woman and our inconclusive discussion <laughs> at the end. But you know, I, there is no conclusion to be had. It's just so mm. weird. You can't not, not talk about it Maybe someday. Yeah. But if you enjoyed this episode, give us a little rating on um, your platform of choice for listening to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, we do have a couple cool ones coming up. We have next week our history happy hour, mm-hmm. our monthly little history roundup, kind of a little more laid back news, quote unquote, show. Yeah, yeah, about cut stories we've covered and stories from history yeah. from March. Yeah. It'll Interesting be, yeah. new developments in history and mm-hmm. some big events that uh, to commemorate. Yeah. And then after that, we've got another episode on La Lechuza, the bird witch woman of hmm. Mexican folklore. I know nothing about it. I wrote about this one recently. It's really, it's neat. It's cool. Okay, cool. So I, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. And then we do have a six-part series on the Titanic coming up soon also. Yeah, it's right around the corner. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, that's going to be a, a big one. So definitely don't want to miss that. If you want to dive deeper into, into any of these stories, uh, check out allthatsinteresting.com. History Revealed on Facebook or at Real History Uncovered on both Instagram and TikTok. And we will catch you guys on the next episode. Yeah. See you later. Or I won't see you, but hear us later. Hear us later. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. What's something you learned in history class that you feel like wasn't the whole truth? Better yet, what's something you didn't learn at all that was omitted completely? That's what I like to call redacted history. My name is Andre White, the host of the Redacted History Podcast, the place where history's forgotten events, heroes, and villains get their story told, one episode at a time. The Redacted History Podcast. Real history never dies. Stream the Redacted History Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts.